This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Hello, welcome back. This is Dollars and Change on Sirius XM 111. I'm Cheryl Coolman. And I'm Sandy Hunt. And we'll be joining you for the next hour and a half for discussions about all things that matter and are impact related. We're going to turn now to our next guest, who's Jeff King. And I'm going to read this long title, Senior Director of Sustainability, Corporate Social Responsibility, and Social Innovation at the Hershey Company. In this position, you're responsible for Hershey's Sustainability and Farmer Livelihoods Program, for philanthropic giving and community programs, as well as leading Hershey's commitment to childhood nutrition programs and expanding economic development in underserved communities. Whew. Jeff. Can we just say chocolate for good? <laughs> Welcome we to Dollars and Change. Chocolate, <laughs> chocolate for good. Chocolate is good and it's chocolate for good. So I I can't imagine there's anybody listening who doesn't know about Hershey. Um, you know, your your chocolates have been in our lives, you know, since we were children. But I don't know that people know a lot about the company. They know the products, but not so much the company. So talk to us a little bit about Hershey for those of us, our, those listeners who aren't in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and, and know more about you. Sure. Um, Hershey's one of the largest snacking companies in the United States uh, with 80-plus brands being sold around the world. Uh, you, of course, you've heard of you know the Her- iconic Hershey bar, Reese's, mm-hmm. Payday, Twizzlers. We also have other snacking Kisses? products like – I'm sorry? Hershey Kisses. Hershey Kisses, absolutely. Uh, we also have Crave um, meat snacking products, uh, Skinny Pop popcorn, Oat Mega um, snacking bars. We have, you know, uh, many, many products. Yeah, 80 was larger than I expected. Uh, exactly. Um, but, uh, no, very impressive. And um, what's the size of the company? You know, what scale of, of corporation are we working with here? $7.5 billion. Okay. It's a good size. Excellent. So your so your role, which I've <laughs> just called chocolate for a better world, um, encompasses you know CSR, sustainability, social innovation. I'm curious about a little bit of the the history of this role. Was mm-hmm. a little bit of it part of your role in a different capacity, and it grew because um, we see roles like this come out of HR, come out of marketing, come out of operations. Tell us about uh, you know how this this position came to be uh, of great importance to Hershey. Sure. So my my as you as you mentioned, I'm one of those backgrounds. My my background is actually brand marketing, which is how I came to be at Hershey uh, about nine years ago. Held various marketing roles, and through one of them, through an innovation role, I started leading our work in West Africa, trying to deliver nutrition to children and link up our business, our commodities sourcing with social good. Um, through an innovation role. And at that point, the company asked me to, they were consolidating a few of the sustainability, the farmer livelihoods roles into one larger director role and asked me to step into that role. Excellent. Okay. So that helps paint a picture. And I think one that's pretty realistic at a lot of companies, which is, you know, in the last decade, marketing has to care a little bit more about impact. And oh, hey, also, there's increased pressure on us to care more about the farmers we're sourcing from. Supply and, chain, right. You know, it gets to this, you know, place where either it's a, you know, director level in each of these divisions or they roll it up to one, you know, super role like yours. So it's a big job. Um, and there's a lot of ways that you can imagine a company thinking about impact internally and externally. 
how would you define your your goals, your charge for um, the areas you that Hershey wants to make impact in? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, one of the bigger things that we're trying to do beyond, you know, traditional <clears throat> grant making and philanthropy, which is, I think, where most of these roles, you know, if you go way back sure. where they all started to come from, you then start to move into sustainable sourcing and responsible sourcing. And then you do, I think, where, where we're trying to go, you take that next step where you're trying to integrate all of these principles, whether it be sustainability or doing well by doing good and integrating it into the business um, so that more of the business activities directly uh, link up to the sustainability activities versus it being a completely separate yeah, function of the yeah. company. And we always love to hear that because mm-hmm. it, it really is. We're seeing a lot of trends towards that. And I think that when you're when you're trying to make it integrated into the business line, everybody starts thinking about these issues. It mm-hmm. is a source for innovation and change, and it's not something that can be just siloed off and have one person responsible for it and the rest of the company knowing probably not a whole lot about what goes on. So yeah. I admire the integration aspect. And Jeff, what's a what's your favorite example of that integration happening at Hershey? So I think we uh, one area I would point to it, uh, is the role of packaging. Um, you know, one of our larger environmental commitments is reducing our packaging impact mm-hmm. by 25% by 2025. And typically you think of the role of packaging and it all comes down on a packaging engineer who's handed some some specifications and needs to go and design a package. And then at the end, you start to say, well, what might the environmental impact of that be? We're starting to take that ask those questions much earlier in the process. So we're engaging with the the marketing innovation folks, with the finance folks, um, with the commodities folks, all who might touch a packaging project well into its inception. So that, again, you're asking those questions well into the design aspects instead of just all of a sudden having something that's been fully vetted by the consumer and everyone loves, and then you're asking yourself those environmental impact questions. So it's just really, as you say, integrating it and, and asking the questions and pushing it further downstream. Got it. So you found a way for improved packaging to be environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. positive to the consumer, efficient and effective in internal operations. Yes, I would I would say that's what we're working towards. And we've heard we've heard um people say that these kinds of activities and the integration of of CSR and and the social responsibility can actually be a uh, a driver for employee happiness and employee engagement. Are you finding that as well? We do. Um, you know, our our new strategy. I would. You know, we have four pillars, uh, which of course many strategies do. But ours is all <laughs> under. We all we always talk about ours is underpinned by our remarkable people. I mean, because we recognize that none of these efforts gain traction without you know the employee. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, we're trying to engage the employee. Um, along with we know that employees are extremely proud of all of our efforts that we've had all the way from our founder story through the Milton Hershey School right. all the way through to the activities that we do today. And we find that it's a key component of what you might call the employee value proposition and what it means to be an employee at the Hershey Company. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Sirius XM 111. We're talking with Jeff King, who's the Senior Director of Sustainability, CSR, and Social Innovation at the Hershey Company. And Jeff, uh, tell us a little more. You're saying there that this is starting to matter more to your employees and it happens because of their commitment. Um, have you seen a shift in your workforce and what they care about and what they're asking in interviews, um, how they're making decisions to be employees based on these practices at Hershey? Yes. And I think us, along with all companies, are starting to see the generations coming forward are not just making choices based on 
title, salary, mm-hmm, things right. like that. They're starting to ask about, you know, what difference does your company make? What values does your company have? Do I identify with those? And then what types of activities might I be able to engage with through that company to, to be more than just, you know, the best marketer or the best financier or accountant or what have you? Mm-hmm. They want to know that they're making a difference. So we're finding it's the, these activities are becoming more and more important. As, as you say, it's questions that we get um, from employees as we're doing interviewing. They've done their homework. They know what we do. Um, and then once they get here, they want to know, now how can I get involved? Right. So why don't you tell us what your pillars are? So we have four pillars with our strategy, um, as you would say. So the first and foremost, we talk about it because it's the shared goodness strategy. So we talk about shared futures. It's really our company commitment through our heritage, through the founder's story about ensuring that children have um, a great start and a bright future. Uh, we talk about shared business, and it's really trying to, as I talked earlier about before, integrating our business mm-hmm. activities into our sustainability efforts. Shared community is really our commitment to the places that we live and work and the people that live within them. And then shared planet, um, trying to ensure that we are doing the best for the planet in all the decisions that we make. Excellent. Well, those sound great, um, <laughs> as, as pillars so often do. Um, are there tensions in decision-making about which of those to focus on? Because I could imagine a company just going, you know, full throttle on just planet and, you know, having that environmental priority any one of these could be where you throw your full full effort behind. How do you strike that balance? How do you think about all four operating together? Um, as, as, and you're right. I mean, you try to have a balanced approach where you're focusing on any, any and all of them. But I would say some of them are extremely intertwined. Uh, as I think about some of our activities in in sourcing in cocoa, I mean, that falls directly into our shared business pillar. But a lot of the work we do there on improving livelihoods at the cocoa community level is, of course, for a, in a community. Um, and we have pro- projects on the ground in West Africa delivering better nutrition to children um, so that they can have a bright future. And that, of course, falls into the future. So many of our projects, I find, touch on multiple pillars. And that's really how I see that you're you know, thinking about a holistic impact instead of just thinking one pillar. It's about a project that touches on multiple aspects. And Jeff, you come out of a, a marketing background around this. And I, I have to say, in all honesty, um, I don't know that I think about Hershey and sustainability and cocoa farmers mm-hmm. as part of the brand. In the way you mm-hmm. do about maybe Starbucks and uh, coffee farmers, right? right? Mm-hmm. They've made that such a visible part of their their vibe. I agree with yeah. you, Cheryl. So how are you, how are you driving um, the visibility of Hershey's commitment through the product lines? I would say it's something to be you know, quite honest that we are getting better at. Uh-huh. I think we've had a, a history of, I mean, it used to be a phrase when I started, started this work, it was, you know, get caught while doing good. Um, <laughs> you didn't necessarily think about talking about it. You just did it because it was the right thing to do for right. the community or, or, or sustainability or the right thing to do just for the business in general. So I think we're starting to turn that corner with many businesses about that, as you say, employees care, consumers care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need to do a better job of, of talking about these things in a much more visible way. Yeah, and that makes that makes total sense. And um, it's interesting to hear so often the narrative is like, well, before people were less concerned and now we care more. But you're saying before it was just expected that this wasn't something you bragged about. You just did it. You, you behaved did it. well and didn't Absolutely. need to tell the world. But now 
the world and consumers, you know, are starting to demand that. And it's interesting to imagine because Cheryl, asks, as you asked that question, I'm thinking of the classic Hershey bar wrapper, and it's so iconic. It's so right. Iconic. And do you want that changed with a big fair trade stamp? Like I'm sure it's a attention in terms of you know the marketing and the you know the brand preservation. That's what makes these big, complex problems we get to talk about on the radio. Um, so paint a picture for our listeners of um, how you work in West Africa. I think m- many of us are familiar that that is, you know, the source for a lot of the, is it cacao? Is that how you say it? But a lot of the, you know, source product for making chocolate products. Um how do you engage? Do you guys have direct employees there? Are you using community co-ops? Talk to us a little bit about that supply chain. Sure. So we work with a, um, our key supplier partners in West Africa. And as you mentioned, we do not have direct sourcing people and activities on the ground. We are not actively buying cocoa from as you say, farmers or directly from cooperatives. We work with the larger suppliers to be able to do that. Uh, And then as we think about from a sustainability um, and our livelihood projects, sometimes we work with a supplier on a project that they may already have established. And then sometimes we are out working with other partners um, like a USAID or an IDH and trying to bring ideas to our suppliers to try to improve those farmer livelihoods. Got it. And how, um, when you're working in those collaborative settings, so let's say this is a, you know, cocoa supplier, they supply to many companies, Hershey among them, um, and you're working on the project, how do you measure Hershey's impact in that project? Uh, it's, it's, again, it's that thing that I, it's another area that I think we are constantly improving on is, is how do you actually measure the, the impact that you're mm-hmm. making? Not necessarily just that you are doing so many things, um, but what are those things actually doing for the farmer from a livelihood standpoint? Um, we're putting in, a, we're investing a lot more into measurement and evaluation than we have in the past. Um, we've been doing baseline work for the past couple of years on farmer livelihoods, measuring farmer income, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Great. And so now as we start to do those programs, we're now able to then have, of course, that baseline. Now you can start to measure the impact against that. And it used to be, I would say, five years ago, we were just doing the how many farmers went to training, right? right? Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. the measurement. Now we're starting to look at, well, what's the actual impact of that training? How many farmers are implementing better agricultural practices or pruning or whatever the, the specific thing we're training on? How many actually start, do you start to see the change in the farm? Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds, I think a lot of people are trying to move to, to away from just simply counting to sort of saying, and what's the change that's happening as a, as a result? And so I think that that's, that's quite interesting around that area. So I'm also um, thinking about your title. Talk to me about the social innovation aspect. I mean, I think I, we understand the sustainability. You talked about the packaging. That makes all sorts of sense. Mm-hmm. Talked some about the CSR. What's the social innovation? What's, what's driving you in that area? Yeah, you could think of this as social innovation or, you know, another term, social impact. So a lot of the, as we think about the work we're doing around children's nutrition, um, that is really that area that of, of that, the title, I guess, that we start to look at. And it's really about helping t- um, children get the right nutrition and, and education that they need to really have that great future that we, you know, that, that we, that we talk about. Um, some of that are with some of our domestic partnerships with folks like Feeding America, Mm -hmm. sponsoring um, school backpack programs in our communities. Uh, Part of that also, though, is the work that we do in West Africa 
Uh, we produce with an, another one of our partners called Project Peanut Butter a, a nutritional supplement that we call Vivi, which is made from. Could you spell that? V-I-V-I. V-I-V-I, okay. And it's made from uh, where we've just moved to local sourcing of peanuts, and it's vitamin nutrient fortified, and we give it to 50,000 children in Ghana as part of the Ghanaian school feeding program for um, needy ch- or underserved children. And it's, it's really to give them the, the calories, the protein, the vitamin nutrients that they need to really be able to focus on their studies. Uh, as you talk about impact, we worked with the University of Ghana and did an impact assessment of this product. Uh, and for the, the measured areas, we saw around a 43% reduction in anemia. Oh, wow. And a corresponding uh, start to see a corresponding impact in standardized educational performance because uh, anemia is basically cutting off the oxygen supply to the brain once you give them the right vitamins and nutrients. E- anemia is quickly cured, and you see cognitive performance back, back bounce back extremely fast. Wow. And so uh, these so are we, almost, I'm imagining, like protein bars or some sort of like very nutrient-dense supplement or, you know, packet or pouch or something like that. He's exactly right. It is a packet. It comes in a – think of it as fortified peanut butter, mm-hmm. quite honestly, with, with, with extremely less sugar than we have in an American <laughs> product. Um, and it's just been a, it's been a fantastic product. And now we're starting to look at, you know, how do you – and it's all funded through philanthropy at the moment. And now we're looking at what are those business models that can give – I mean, to make this a perpetual – yeah, uh, project that can just go on in perpetuity. Yeah, and I think that's an example. You know, Cheryl, you asked about social innovation. We've seen stories like this come out of companies where they started with a product to improve, um, you know, some malnourishment in their supply chain or an emerging market, and then suddenly see a consumer demand for it globally. So I'm listening, going like. Gosh, some days my so sometimes I'm so busy. I would like to have a, a pouch of you know nutrient packed, healthy you know food to be able to kind of grab on the go versus a granola bar or something. Um, I would I would be glad to figure out how to sell you some, and then the proceeds can go to fund. <laughs> there you the go, exactly, and that's that's exactly. where that innovation happens, uh, right? And that's uh, that's where I think we've got a lot of people trying to figure out how exactly to make that business model work. Yeah. So Jeff, I'm curious to continue think, as we think about impact. When we think about the Hershey Company, of course, everyone's first thought is of the product. Um, how is Hershey, and how are you thinking about? the health impact of the products you make. Uh, I know it's a big portfolio, but uh, first and foremost in my mind is Twizzlers. So good. Um, And, you know, there's a war on sugar right now. You know, this is a big part of, um, you know, what the the revolt was against fat in the 80s and 90s. And now Mm -hmm. sort of all eyes are on sugar. How is Hershey thinking about the social impact of, you know, the nutrition of its consumers? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, I think, what we believe consumers want, quite honestly, is transparency. They want to know exactly what is in your products. So we've moved towards Smart Label, which is uh, on the back, which is on the package. It's a QR code that will tell a consumer everything that is in the product, how it's sourced. I mean, there's a, a, whole, oh, a lot of information. Um, and, and so that's so kind that of like a Hershey bar. We, I could go to the local store, buy Hershey bar, and get that information. It's, it's it's moving to beyond all of our products, yeah. Cool. Nice. Okay. Um, and once you've given consumers the information, now they can make the best choices for for themselves. And as, as, as people like to talk about, it's it's it goes back to what you were taught in school. It's about a balanced diet. Yep. 
um, and making the right decisions. But the way that consumers need to do is have the right information to make those decisions. That's how we're looking at it. It's really more of a transparency issue for us than anything else. Are there any, um, as you're, you know, you've come from a marketing background and you bring that expertise into the role, is that a component of how you're thinking about the targeting of your products and, um, you know, young consumers being able and informed to make good decisions about their nutrition? Um, how are you thinking about the marketing angle? Um, you know, I can't help but think of like, to, you know, tobacco and who are they allowed to target and things like this. Sugar is not quite in the same league, but a lot of the conversation is consistent. How's that influencing your marketing strategy? Mm-hmm. I mean, for a long time, we've had an agreement we don't directly market to children as do um, many of the confection companies. Oh, interesting. It's, it's, it's I didn't really know that. About, it's really about, I mean, you always look at, you always think of mom, um, quite honestly, as the gatekeeper or the person who is buying the product sure. for 83% for of the time, you're right. <laughs> right. I think so, that's the latest number. So from that standpoint, I mean, that's, again, when we look at transparency and giving all of this information, I mean, quite honestly, yes, mom's the one who's consuming that information and then helping her family make those choices. So, Jeff, we're nearing the, the end of our segment. Where, where do you think the, the future is for Hershey on, on packaging and, and some of those issues? How, how are you going to reduce the packaging? I mean, we're looking at that, uh, you know, across all of our packaging, both from reducing the amount of packaging we use. I mean, we're looking at the materials that we use to make them more eco-friendly. Uh, and it's it's just an ongoing, I would say, an ongoing process. And it's not just the packaging that the consumer sees. I right. mean, it's the, it's the carton, it's the boxes that those, you know, products go in. It's the cartons that those boxes go in to get it to um, our customers. And it's really across the entire supply chain. How do we think about reducing those materials? What makes you optimistic for the future? I think it's a, it's a fantastic time to be doing the work that my team is able to do. And it's a lot of what we were talking about earlier. So it's, you know, it's the engagement you're, we're getting from all of the employees across the enterprise. It's the engagement that we're getting from consumers who are actively valuing this type of work in their decision making. And between those two poles, then it's the entire business who's starting to to integrate these these principles into their daily decisions. So I think it's a fantastic time to be doing this kind of work. Is it, are you finding it easier than when you first started? Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, I've, I've, as I said, my back is, I've been in this role about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I find every every day, but every time I start to look back on how things are going, I think we're getting more and more um, interest and engagement from all areas across the business, which then just only makes it easier to do our work. Yeah, it's, a, it's great to hear that because, again, I think we we see so much um, interest on the part of consumers and mm-hmm. we see companies struggling with this. So I think it's it's admirable to you know, to have folks like you working to make it happen every day. So we congratulate you and Hershey's on that. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.